Hi, Paul. Hello, Janina, and welcome to the podcast. Welcome to our The Voice of 5G podcast, all our lovely listeners out there. Paul, when we're releasing this episode, you will be on a long run, hike. I will be uh, out walking. Yes, indeed. You will be out walking. Yes. Do I, do I need to explain that? <laughs> Only if you want to. I'll, I'll be somewhere in the Pyrenees. Yes, Paul will be lost in the Pyrenees this summer. So we're recording a few episodes before home. This is one of them. And this is a super interesting topic. And it was so, so funny. And I, when I told my husband last night, he is working in the telecom industry, is working with connected devices. I told him, yeah, we're doing a, a recording about edge computing tomorrow. He said, oh, what is that? Is that something to do with the cloud? And I was like, now I can explain. <laughs> <laughs> and Janina said, and now you can listen to our podcast. After we recorded this interview with Carlos Bravo, the Jitendra Manosha, we had a little bit of a powwow. They also told me about this really good way of describing it that's very hands-on when it comes to edge computing. If you have an Apple phone, some of the apps that you're not using they automatically nowadays get moved to the cloud. So you have to then download them again when you want to use them. And when you're downloading them, you're actually putting them on the device, which is like putting them at the edge, back at the edge. Isn't that brilliant? Back at the edge. That's brilliant. But I think that the thing with the edge is that caching is a kind of simple form of edge functionality. Things that you use a lot, you maybe don't need to have them on your device but you want them available so you can actually put them somewhere near to your device so you can get quick access to them instead of being lost in the cloud somewhere far away. Because you, you caught me by surprise there, Paul, when we started the interview and said, you said, edge computing, it's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it is everywhere, but it's going to be everywhere as well. Let's uh, go into that a little bit further in the in our interview section. You'll hear a lot about edge computing. And we perhaps wanted just a very quick mention of some trigrams. We love our trigrams, Paul. Uh, we do. SLA. What is SLA? SLA, Service Level Agreement. Yeah, what is that? That's basically an agreement that, that defines the performance or the quality level of the service that you're getting, where services normally... For instance, as a subscriber, as a mobile phone user, that's maybe talking in terms of what's the availability of the network? How often are you not able to get service? And maybe what kind of average throughput you can get on your phone connection? So that's an SLA. That would, for instance, be, oh, the network should be 99.9% available all the time or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's the network availability is maybe, or unavailability is maybe, I don't know, five five minutes a year or something. And depending on, of course, the service level agreement that the service provider has with the network provider, I guess, something like that. Yeah, but particularly in, I think, in, in as we move into a context where you're talking about more enterprise connectivity and things happening in know, use cases for, I don't know, connected cars or for industrial use cases, then it becomes more and more important that you can rely on the quality of the service that you're getting. So service level agreements become more important. 
in, in terms of making sure the use cases actually deliver the things they're supposed to do. Because if you, oh, you don't have a network service five minutes a year on your mobile phone, it might not be so horrible. But if you have a five minute non-service availability for your robotic system or for the connected ambulance, it might be, or even connected car, it might be fatal, right? Or shouldn't be but like it could have horrible consequences it's a bit more inconvenient than if your phone call drops out when you're talking to your gram (laughs) (laughs) so just you know that's sla service level agreement should we also perhaps uh, a little bit we have talked about this a long time uh, csp yeah, so this uh, CSP, the uh, Communication Services Provider, and that's uh, normally what we, in layman's terms we in Europe at least would call the operator, or you might call it your cellular provider. I think CSP technically includes also fixed broadband providers because it's communication services. So it's fixed connectivity as well as mobile co- connectivity. The other one is MNO, which is Mobile Network Operator. And then MNO is, is the same thing as the CSP when we talk about mobile. But generally, no, we talk about operators, but you can have other types of service providers. So there are specialist service providers that, for instance, provide communication services for mining in the mining industry and those types of things. But yeah, CSP. <laughs> Good. Now we have that. I mean, the mining industry, private networks, it could be, of course, for an emergency service. We talked to Erilis Verkot. I guess they are a sort of service provider. Uh, yes, they are. They're kind of providing public safe, public safety network, the uh, security type of network for uh, red light services or blue light services. Yeah. <laughs> but service providers in general, it's like the ones that you pay your mobile phone bill to. So we also wanted to mention something. We did a podcast with Cradlepoint a while ago, a couple of episodes ago. And they are actually also doing things at the edge, Paul. <laughs> we just mentioned this, that they are actually, because they are providing these routers for one wide area networks for enterprises, and their devices are on the edge. Just wanted to, to mention it, right, Paul? Yeah, but as we will find out when we move into the, uh, to the next part of the podcast and listen to uh, our experts talking about the edge, the edge means different things when you talk to different people. Uh, so that's maybe the, one of the first things to look out for on the interview is what do we mean by edge? And that is, I think that's what's made me so confused about this area. But we will learn about this in the next section. And we also wanted to say that if you're interested more about the CSP business, the business of the telco for uh, edge computing, there was an article in the latest Ericsson Mobility Report talking about this topic. And the article is called Edge Computing, Significant Growth Potential for Service Providers. So just Google that. uh, You can read more in the latest Ericsson Mobility Report on the topic. Paul, if people out there want to contact us, how should they do that? I think we have a mail address, Jenny. I think so too. Do you remember what it is? <laughs> Quiz time. Uh, it, could it be, is it the voice of 5G at Ericsson? No. <laughs> oh, oh, then you'd better tell us. Email us on 5gpodcast at ericsson.com. 5gpodcast in one word, at ericsson, cn2ss.com. 
And Paul and I, we love to see your emails, especially if you say something nice to us. (laughs) (laughs) You can also get some criticism across if you think that we are boring. (laughs) Should stop talking and go to the interview section like now, right? Yeah, let's, let's do some more talking, but with some experts instead. Yeah. Let's talk to our edge computing experts here at Ericsson. Carlos and Ditandra. So today... On the Voice of 5G podcast, we are talking about something, an important topic for 5G, but you might not be that known why it's important to 5G. We're talking about edge computing. And we have some experts here, and we're so happy to have you here. Carlos Bravo, Jitendra Manosha. Hi, Carlos. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Hi. Live with us from Madrid, right? Yes, correct. Yes. Sunny weather here. Sunny weather. Sunny weather here too in Sweden. Great to have you. You are Director of Cloud Strategy at the CTO office for Ericsson, meaning like you have a global responsibility for this area. Can you talk a little bit more about what you're doing? Well, I'm actually the bridge between the strategy that we define as a group and then how do we implement that strategy in our business unit. So I'm basically helping and assisting the business unit to actually develop the different products that are related to cloud and edge computing in particular. Okay. And the business unit you're talking about, is that the area of cloud software and services that that Jitendra is working for, perhaps? Not only cloud software and services, but also networks or enterprise. So I span across the whole portfolio in Ericsson. That is actually good. Cool. Overall view. Excellent. So over to Jitendra Manosha. Hi, you are with us from sunny India. Where in India are you? Sunny India. (laughs) Yeah, right now I'm in Bangalore. But as you know, I'm based out of Stockholm, right? So I'm just uh, visiting my family here. Ah, yes. Because you are based in Stockholm normally. Yes, yes. And I know the weather is pretty similar now, actually, in Stockholm and in Bangalore both. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) Great to have you with us. And you're Senior Portfolio Manager for Edge Computing, right? Yes, Edge Computing is one of the areas which I specialize in. I'm uh, working as a Senior Portfolio Manager in Business Area, Cloud, Software and Services. And other than Edge, I also work with AI, exposure, network slicing, etc. And we'll talk a little bit more about those areas later on, won't we? So happy to have you. Let's start off because I've told you about this, that this is not my home turf, the edge computing part of things and the cloud networks. I used to work in core once a long time ago or work for core, but this is... This area has evolved so fast. I feel like I'm not really catching up. I have enough with the radio access networks and all those kinds of things. So please explain to me, what is edge computing for basic knowledge? Well, I would say that edge computing is about bringing the cloud that is well-known and established in the IT space and bringing it closer to where data is going to be created, consumed, and, and, and produced. So it's basically distributing that one. And the good thing in here is that edge will actually be different things depending on 
the use case that we're going to be talking about or even the perspective, right? If we looked into a global use case, Edge might be just having a location in each one of the countries around the globe. But if we are looking into a factory, the edge is actually going to be very close in the factory. So that's why we have all those different edges that are actually the same, right? It's the same concept. It's bringing the cloud capabilities, compute, and I mean, being able to run applications where they are needed. And there we have from the device to the private edge, uh, to the network edge, or even to what we see from the public cloud, right? Uh, public cloud providers are also moving around and distributing farther into, into different geographical areas. And that is also edge. All of that is actually edge. And that's why I think we think it's, it's really attractive and interesting. Now we get this compute distributed around the globe, whatever you need it. Yeah, that's one thing that I really don't understand. Like where is the edge? Do you have edge? everywhere or should you have edge everywhere in every it's, network? it's everywhere <laughs> it's everywhere <laughs> is it already <laughs> but like you put this where you really need yeah right the really good capacity the really the, the where you have the capacity hungry apps right paul <laughs> can you say can you nod your head at least <laughs> okay well, good thank you <laughs> yeah, that would come through well on the recording. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm good at podcasting. Yeah, yeah it's going to be yeah. everywhere. It's going to be. It's going to be everywhere, right? The question is that obviously it, they will come at different paces and not everything is going to be deployed at the same time. We see now starting on, on private networks and on-premise on certain specific locations, we see actually use cases popping up in venues like stadiums and, and certain offices, etc. We see some initiatives from uh, public cloud or hyperscale cloud providers that we see taking steps in that direction, like Amazon with Wavelength or Microsoft with their edge approach and edge zones. So we see that this is actually popping up, it's a little bit like mushrooms popping up everywhere, right? Uh, where it is actually needed, where you have the necessary conditions, you will have them. We think that over the years, you will have them almost everywhere. But, but what do you see as the main drivers then for moving to an edge computing solution rather than just using the cloud? Yeah, I think uh, that's a good uh, place to come in. And actually, this is where the 5G comes into the play. So just to give you an example, 5G only improves the last mile connectivity without edge computing deployment. In other ways, we can also argue that 5G is just a faster 4G if you do not have edge computing deployed as part of the network. So what happens is basically today there are applications. The benefits that we promised today, right? Low latency, like privacy, security, and all these benefits, they come with edge computing. So if the rest of the path to the central cloud computing remains what it is today, so you deploy the 5G, but you do not deploy the edge computing and you keep the rest of the path similar, then the average round trip time will improve on the order of hundreds of milliseconds, right? With a tail of one second or more. So it is far from noticeable end-to-end -end application response time context. So I think that the drivers from edge computing will be low latency, first of all, security and privacy, where the data needs to be consumed, where it is produced. It cannot be transported because of different reasons. As I said, security privacy is one. The another reason could be that the compute uh, processing is too high. If you transport the data 
on the other side and uh, bring it back. The transportation cost is very high. So there are multiple factors that we can scale in here. If I summarize this as, as the latency, as uh, security and, 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 and privacy, it's basically the transportation cost, it's basically the computation aspects as well. So that's how I see these are the few drivers for Edge. And again, the connection with 5G I, I described, right? The 5G is being deployed right now. Edge computing is catching up. As soon as we have the marriage of these two, we will see the promise of 5G, which has been very visible out there with low latency applications and private and secure applications as well. Now, Paul, he says that, oh, this is already everywhere to me. And you say, oh, it's being rolled out at the moment. So tell us a little bit about that. Who is right? <laughs> no, but what can I see? Or can I, do I know if Edge is being used right now? Or for what? For what areas have it been, has it been rolled out already? Can I take it, Carlos? Or maybe I, I start and then you follow. So as Carlos explained in the first block, actually, different types of edges. We have hyperscale edge. We have CDN, this content data networks. These are also called edges, right? So YouTube, for example, is an example which can be very easily explained. They are all claiming themselves to be providing content from the edge. YouTube has massive distribution of the servers where the content is being consumed closer to the user. Because it's quite heavy to, to use. Exactly, exactly. So it's quite widely distributed. CDN, as I said, is another example. Video uh, is pretty one of the heaviest uh, traffic type in the operator's network. And ideally, it's generally consumed closer to where it is produced. So it's quite widely distributed. Equinix, many, there are many companies who are providing distributed data centers and there are many applications which are using today Edge. But now we can come to that discussion where whether this is enough or are we going to go even level below what kind of Edge exists today. And that's what we talk about when we talk about 5G, that we need to go far below where it is today because the, the applications of today can be served with the edges of today, but applications of tomorrow will require wider deployment. And that has not really started. It's very in, like in early days. We are in very early days. That's what my view is. But Carlos, maybe you want to add more there. No, as you said, it's, it's actually in the early days, but we see already use cases popping up that are actually using those new capabilities that come of the combination of 5G and edge computing, right? And we start seeing those, for example, in factories, right? We have discussed a use case where in the factory floor, you don't need to have people assisting on the production lane. You can have remote assistance using augmented reality. So the people that is in the factory becomes really full, you could say, self-sufficient with the assistance of people from remote. And you have a full overlay of what you can do in the factory. You can detect failures, etc. We've been investigating all the use cases where uh, we use Edge for uh, doing analytics and, and AI. So we can actually process a lot of data at the Edge that normally is, it is already generated, but it's not sent to the center location because it's very expensive. I mean, there's a huge amount of data. And now you can process that data at the edge and you can detect, for example, failures or uh, potential issues in the grid that will generate, for example, a fire hazard or a problem of uh, supply energy in a certain location that is actually critical. Those are the use cases that we start seeing right now. Those are two examples. Most probably, Jitendra can uh, list other examples. But those are the things that we see happening now. And we will see that happening as well in the consumer space. But uh, 
that is coming. So can you see whether you are running on the edge right now? The best thing of the edge is that you shouldn't see it. You shouldn't be saying, I need to run at the edge. Is that the applications will know that they need to be there and you will get the full experience without worrying about it. Okay. So when you see your YouTube video not running smoothly, you know you're not at the edge, right? That's exactly the point. <laughs> you shouldn't see that. <laughs> but actually, if you take some of, you know, some of the applications that you have on your phone today, you know, they actually cache things at your phone. Absolutely. So you could say that the edge is at your phone <clears throat> for those applications. Yes. That's an excellent point, Paul, actually. Even today. And, you know, just to add, Janaina, if YouTube is not working well, it could be either edge or it could be connectivity. That's where the promise of uh, <laughs> that's where the promise of 5G and Edge comes in together. Yeah. Uh, so when you say deploying Edge, can you describe what is it that's being deployed? Is this like a computer central at the base station? Is it placed somewhere else? Where is it like one uh, place uh, for a country, for an area? Describe a little bit. How do you deploy? It's a little bit of all those different examples, right? You, you can see, for example, Edge being deployed in the basement of a museum. And then you get an a, a increased experience at the museum. And now the visitors of the museum can get an augmented experience of the museum, not only seeing the, the art pieces that they're looking at, but also getting a lot of additional information. But that could be where with some museum devices then. Or even your own mobile phone. Or even your own. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And for example, one you put that one in stadiums and then you look into a sport events and that is like a completely different thing, right? You're watching, a, I don't know, a basketball game. And then when you point with your device, with your mobile phone, you can see statistics of the different players, things that are happening and just in real time, right? It's not something that is cash on your device and then trying to figure out. You get those things in, in real life. That is one of the examples. Uh, we see that the same, you could say, compute resources that are deployed in, in factories and that will help the production, that will help with analytics on that on those factories. We can see, for example, all the being improved by being able to analyze and use all that data in, in the factory. But maybe we can turn to the other side and we see, for example, Amazon deploying those compute resources that they call Wavelength at the very, you can say, central location from an operator perspective, right? Locations in UK, two locations in Germany, 10 locations in the US. And that is already providing a lot of extra value because is the combination, as Jitendra mentioned before, right? It is not that you put a compute in a certain location and you expect that the things will work. It's actually the combination of having the compute in a specific location and the connectivity towards that location that will actually make the things uh, to work. So that is what we see happening right now. And if I can also add actually a bit more like, you know, coming a bit more from the terminology, industry terminology. So I don't know if you have heard about these terms, uh, Janayana. We have private networks. You have heard that term, I am assuming. So then connected to private networks, if we deploy the compute together with the network in the same premises, we call it private edge. So that means the applications are deployed at the private edge and the connectivity is also there. And then it becomes a closed premises where you consume the content, uh, host the content at the same place using connectivity, right? So that's a private edge. So that's one segment we have today. And just give us an example of that. Okay. So an example, Carlos gave one example. We have an automotive manufacturer's factory, uh, right? Automotive car manufacturer. 
he has a factory they have deployed a private network and they have also deployed a private edge and now in the factory there are applications that are being used for example uh, remote troubleshooting applications or uh, within the the factory manufacturing applications which are hosted right at the edge that means the latency security privacy all those concerns are addressed by deploying in the private edge setup that's one type of example then we have another example in this case you see mobility is not a very big factor you are mobile within a very closed area right the second factor comes in with the where the network edge plays a role and in that kind of you know edge the mobility plays a big role that means users are mobile and as the users are moving their application context also is moved towards different edges and the sla that has been promised to the users is being maintained and that means you will deploy the applications in different locations within the network and those locations could be like 10 miles or it could be 100 miles depending on the application type so that's a second type of edge deployment network edge deployment and then we have also as carlos was talking about device edge where you can also deploy like car might become a device itself going forward and then you can it can host also edge applications within the car itself so that could be another example where you could start to host applications this is device edge then we have enterprise edge that means some enterprises they also start to call that i deploy my workload within my enterprise so myself then i call it edge but mainly we see network edge we see private edge and we see the device edge is is evolving soon actually but this is what we see that's probably why i've been so confused that edge can be so many different things that's the challenge you know as soon as somebody starts to talk to you about edge you need to actually understand what sort of edge do you want to talk about yes i realize that now exactly so this seems like it's a lot of planning right because you need to understand where the capacity is needed what applications users are starting to use and so on so is it a lot of orchestration there is a part of planning and there is a part of orchestrating right i think it's it's important when we looked into it i think that you mentioned a really good point is what applications are going to be used what use cases are going to be addressed right and that is important because edge is not going to be a technology that is going to be built out massively distributed and then people will come and use it right this is about addressing use cases so that means that you require a certain planning and understanding of the use cases that are going to be cool in a certain place or in a certain moment in time or needed and then there is another part is you don't want that to be a manual work meaning that you go and you decide okay now these uh, sports uh, venues are going to be the thing that we want to deploy and then you have to you know deploy each one of the applications go to the site install it and so on and so forth you want that to be automated and also you want it to be automated from a consumer perspective if i go to the stadium i go and i get served from the stadium i don't care about it i just open my application on, on the phone and i know that i'm going to be served from the right location because i'm i pay for it and i'm entitled to use it so that is the two things that we need to take into account there is a planning part we need to understand the use cases and you need to build those use cases but also there's going to be an automation that is going to be needed in the network and so you get those things smooth and and, and easy to use and consume so what is happening right now in this area 
What's going on right now? What's new? What's new? I think that's a great question, actually. So maybe if I start with with enterprises. So there are mul- multiple players who are working in the enterprises. Enterprises are going through transformation. They are going through from private cloud setup towards a central cloud, and it's an opportunity for them to consider edge because I think private edge could be a very good replacement for the private cloud. So that's one aspect, enterprise edge. Then second is hyperscales, right? Hyperscale cloud provider. They definitely feel very close to serve the edge market because of their competence in the cloud business. They have captured the whole industry with the very good kind of, you know, products and they are transforming in in a very good way. So they feel very closely that they can capture this cloud, like an edge business as well, based on their central cloud. They are very closely related but there is a very good possibility that they can be disrupted. This is why they are very early in this business. So this is the second part, actually. So you can see hyperscale cloud providers like AWS, Microsoft, uh, Google, they are all coming out with their edge offerings, edge products, and trying to capture this market. AWS has come out with the private edge offerings. They also have come out with the network edge offering. Microsoft has also done this, and Google has also recently announced both, actually. So they have their offerings in all network edge and private edge. Then, so this is hyperscale part. Then we have device vendors. So device vendors are also getting bit active in this area because they also feel that they might lose part of the business if they don't really uh, play a key role in this. Device vendors like Samsung, they are pretty active actually in, in developing the, even the standards for the edge computing in 3GPP. And they are coming out with their own thinking in this area uh, that they want to make the device edge aware. And here Ericsson is also very active developing the standards in in 3GPP, right? So working very closely with all other vendors like traditional vendors and and operators. So this is the kind of another angle. And then most important angle is the CSPs. So you might wonder actually why operators and what is the relationship of operators in edge? So operators are a key factor. Because all these players, cloud providers and all, they can come out with good products, but when it comes to deployment, that's where operators' competence, operators' assets come into the play. Operators have great assets when it comes to connectivity. They are deploying the 5G networks. They have gone through planning of deploying hundreds and thousands of sites. They have been sitting with this business for many years. So they sit on a lot of assets that they don't really think that they can serve this business, but they are very close to serving this business well if they plan already now. And they have a lot of location capabilities. And what is happening is as part of the standards in 3GPP, and if you look at GSMA, OP, there are a lot of standards coming up. So this is another angle actually beyond operators. So there are a lot of activities happening in the standardization. There are a lot of activities happening in the open source as well, right? So you will see multiple areas coming together now and we are trying to become the spider in the web trying to help actually on demystifying because everybody talks from their own angle and we are trying to demystify that picture actually Carlos you want to add something no it's, I mean as you said I think it's it's coming from different angles and different places I think maybe one thing that is relevant is that now we see applications actually feeling that they have the opportunity to actually use those capabilities, right? This low latency, this improved bandwidth, this security and uh, data privacy and so on. So now we see there is actually a demand generating from those applications that want to be able to have those deployments in place. 
because up until now, it's been a little bit fluffy, right? It's been, yeah, we're going to have 5G with a lot of improvements. We're going to have the public cloud providers. Now we see those hyperscale cloud providers that sit on tons of application developers. They have that massive ecosystem behind them that they are looking into. Now my application developers are asking me to provide those capabilities. Now I need to see how those different pieces will combine and will sit together. So I think this is actually what we see happening now that we haven't seen up until now. For now, there's been a lot of standardization, alignment, edge is going to happen and so on and so forth. But now we see the real, you could say, demand generators that are going to be the application and the application developers that are saying, I want to have this capability. I want to be able to set this latency. I want to be able to tell my data to stay in a certain location. Now is when all those things come into play. And now is when we see all the different actors in the ecosystem sitting down and figuring out how to build those solutions together. So this is a sort of a, a resource waiting to be utilized. That's what you're saying for different players out there. It's a capability that has been there. Edge is nothing new. Uh, it, it, it's been there. I think that the, the difference now is we now see that there are different actors willing to consume that capability. And, and that is really important. And then this is not about, as I said before, leave it open and then it will come. No, there is a need for understanding those use cases, those needs, and, and how those different actors will play together. So it's not about another generic G deployment. It's not 4G deployment. This is about addressing use cases and needs. And that means that all the actors in the ecosystem need to sit down together. I saw that you wrote that in your blog, that 5G without edge is just higher speed 4G. But this really brings the capabilities that uh, people really need out there, people and companies. Super cool. And uh, you have a blog that we can link to in the show notes so people can learn more about this important area of edge computing, right? Thank you so much, Carlos and Jitendra, for being on the podcast today. And... Thank you everyone for listening and bye. Bye bye. Yeah, bye.